Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, we're here for week two of what I like to call In the End Zone with Noel Mazzoni. And we're going to talk about some of the games we saw this week and some things we're seeing develop as far as trends and extend that into how you might take these into practice and practice some of these things too. So, Noel, it's great to be back here in week two. And, you know, I texted you over the weekend. You saw me hard at work uh, sitting outside on the patio with multiple TVs. And I know you did some of the same as well. And a cold beverage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, looking at that, you know, a, a weekend full of some great games, some shakeups, obviously, in the top 25. But um, just in general, looking at things that you saw that you think teams are doing well right now. We know one of them that you mentioned to me was the use of traditional offense now with more tempo. And so I started out, and I'm trying to think who the Thursday game Oh. Um, I started out with Virginia. I started. I watched. watched got a chance to see the Virginia Tech uh, North Carolina game. Right? So, with these being able to use these dual threat quarterbacks, because that kid's a very athletic kid. I saw. I saw a lot of these guys are doing really a great job with their kind of dual threat quarterbacks instead of just being a zone read quarterback, which is what it used to be. Right, pull the you know speed option or or pull it off the five technique and run. I was really thought they they really you know in fact I I recorded the game so I go back and watch it again did some really good stuff with the tempo and their quarterback plus one runs and moving um, you know because sometimes these dual threat guys aren't six four six five you know your pure po- pocket passer type kid right so um, and but building building a passing game that moves the pocket and changes launch points for him so he can have good vision. I thought uh, Virginia Tech. I thought did a really good job, um, and then I then then I went right into and watched the Tulane, uh, Oklahoma. Now Oklahoma, you know Lincoln always does a great job, so he's gonna you know they're gonna always have good offense. But I thought the Tulane guy Chip Chip Long at Tulane, I thought really did a super job, and I love some of the stuff he was doing of uh, mixing traditional offense, you know, some under the center stuff, a little bit of quarterback movement in the back end and in the quick game and just to me, basically keeping the, uh, keeping the defense uh, off balance. It's, 
you know, for so many years at Temple offenses, you were three by one or you're two by two. Mm-hmm. There was no motion. There was no nothing. There was just line up as quick as you could, you know, in a three by one base, base spacing by your receivers. So I, I, you know, I'd watched, uh, I really liked what Virginia Tech was doing, you know, um, and then all of a sudden, I, you know, I started watching the Tulane game. And then even last night with, uh, with the Florida State, um, Notre Dame game, the Florida State guys, is that um, I, it was a, it used to be us Temple guys, uh, when we all started this, you lined up in three by one or two by two with pretty much base spacing, normal spacing by your receivers. And you just tried to play as fast as you could with, with uh, a limited number of plays. But you were all talking about Tempo. Let's get it snapped quick and go. And what I really like that I think is pretty cool is these guys is not necessarily, you know, inventing a bunch of new schemes, but they're really they're really making the uh, attacking the defense by by formationally motions, bunches, pinches. Um, you know, all of a sudden it's an empty. Now all of a sudden you're under center and you're running, you know, with a fullback running off off tackle power play. Um, I see the stretch play becoming um, becoming more people are running stretch now than than before. It used to just be tight zone, but now a lot of people are doing a great job running the stretch play. So uh, I've always always thought that you know my thought is I'd never want to play defense on offense. You really put pressure defense because they just can't settle in on. When all of a sudden it's multiple formations and motions that they have to adjust to. So combining that with the tempo and some conventional just under center runs, so now they have to work on fitting the power play from under center. You play action is always a little bit better from under center because you got a, uh, you got a longer time for the for the play fake to happen than you do in gun. So I just think it uh, I just think it was. It, it was a lot of fun watching these guys, uh, watching these offenses this weekend. Yeah, I've been seeing those same things as well. And I think, too, you know, one of the games, you know, paying a lot of attention to was Wisconsin-Penn State. And, you know, early on, the, the numbers didn't say so. The score didn't necessarily say so. But Wisconsin was definitely out gaining Penn State on the ground. But I was pretty impressed with the way that Mike Yersich handled it and, that he just kept picking away at it and then finding those opportunities with play action to get a guy open downfield. And ultimately, it was those big plays that led to a win. And like you said, it was the the mixing of more of those traditional things, the under center stuff with some of the, the tempo. But I agree, you see this now kind of expand and contract, right? You're going to see teams split out wide, more of the traditional spread splits, then the next one you might see everything com- compressed and those receivers pinched in. Then the next one you might have a fullback and tight end in the game. So just that mix of things. I guess my question to you in looking at something like that, when it was three by one and two by two, your thought process as a coordinator is is pretty simple, pretty linear. It's not a lot of thought on on you know formation, motion, personnel groups, etc. For the coordinator though, how do you start to to think about this? in its entirety as a package and being able to mix those things up to stress out a defense with, with some rhyme and reason to it, rather than I'm just going to, you know, start calling plays off my play sheet. I don't think it necessarily you're, you're seeing more schemes 
you know, and, and guys running multiple, multiple schemes uh, in the course of their game plan. You know, you pretty much settle in and you look at, uh, you know, you look at Illinois. Well, they're going to run stretch. That's their play. I think that's pretty much is staying the same. I think I see a lot of zone read stuff going away. Not as many guys running the zone read. I see more stretch. And then so as you look at your offense, you say, okay, what's my run? What am I going to – what do I have to make the defense stop? Is it tight zone? Is it stretch? Is it whatever, right? And then and then you start to build, you know, okay, so am I going to – do I need a gap? Do I need a gap scheme? Well, probably I need a gap scheme. What's my gap scheme? All right. And then uh, how am I going to get the ball to the edge? Is it going to be stretch? Is it going to be pin and pull? Uh, do I need a trap scheme? So as you go through the schemes of football, which have been that way for a million years, right, I mean, a trap's a trap, right? Mm-hmm. Counter's counter. Um, um, so now now I think as uh, when you decide this is who I am, and then as you watch, as, as, you, as you start to build your game plan, to me is as offensive guys, we're trying to do two things, right? We're either trying to out-leverage the defense or outnumber a defense, okay? So now as you start to di- build your different formations, right, you're, you're trying to identify, okay, what can I force the defense into out of certain formations? Is it a bunch to the boundary, bunch to the field? Is it two back tight end? Is it two tight ends? I can start to create uh, the fronts I want to run that's the best look run scheme against. So, you know, an old the old saying, right? Don't change the play, just change the presentation. Mm-hmm. And now it's use the, pre- use the presentation to develop to either create extra gaps for the defense or to create numbers or leverage. So I think guys are just doing a great job in the old, you know, when I first started this thing back in 2010, it was like, there was like three formations. That was it. Right. And then maybe you, you quit motion to something. Well, now I see just so many more, uh, uh, like I said, like Tulane, man, I really was impressed with, with what Chip was doing over there. And, you know, a lot of the guys, a lot of the guys, it's, it's fun. You look at, uh, at Chip at UCLA also, Chip Kelly at UCLA. I mean, he's running basically tight zone and stretch. You know? and, but but it's two tight ends, it's three tight ends, it's no tight ends. It's motions, it's it's receiver motions, it's it's uh, it's off motions. It's, you know, all those things just trying to create numbers and leverage is what I think. The One of the teams that I saw, and, and used what I thought a very good strategy and package to stay in a game against a very, very, very explosive Ohio State team was, was P.J. Fleck in Minnesota. And they're using extra linemen in the game. They're using the Wildcat quarterback, motioning a guy in to take care of a blocker. Right, tackle tackle over. Yeah, tackle over. I thought – Number one, that's that's very hard to adjust to, especially because they were doing a good job of, of mixing up personnel groups. So they, it's not like they came in and just sat in that the whole game. They were doing multiple things, getting into their more traditional sets as well that you've seen from them. But some of these things either designed by the game plan, maybe it's something they'll do all year long, but a, a very good attack. And when you think about it, I mean, they had the personnel up front to do this. They have one lineman who's like 6'9", 380. And I thought... Their inside zone stuff looked really good. Now, they were still trying to run stretch and some gap schemes. They didn't have as much success with that as some of the go straight ahead type of stuff. And I think what I got, the times I've, I've sat and I've kind of broke down and watched uh, PJ at Minnesota, 
the thing I liked about him is, you know, so we're all in this RPO world. All right. Is that, um, is that I thought, I thought even last year as I watched, watched him, he does a really good job of, of adjusting splits of receivers and, and creating uh, example, you know, you're, you're, you're going to run tight zone or you're going to run some sort of a scheme inside and you're, you're going to conflict read the, the free, the free safety week. I would agree. And the last thing to add on on that as part of their strategy, I thought they did a really nice job of shortening the game, using up the play clock and staying in bounds, calling runs, keeping it moving. They did a great job with that. But you still saw them in some certain situations. One was, uh, I believe, uh, well, um, I think it was a, a first and goal. They did it and uh, they might have done it like on a, a third down and short as well. But within there, going to your one-word call and forcing the tempo, even if you're a team that all game long is going to chew the clock, especially probably, you think about it, you know, the defense is used to having time. Now all of a sudden, they're up on the ball and going. I thought they did a good job of using that as part of their strategy. Now I kind of started to get into this the last couple of years, um, was that I think to, to have a plan for your tempo you know, I mean, like I said, used to be we were just pure tempo. We just called everything and we were tempo, get up on the ball and go, all right? But start to incorporate a plan for your tempo, like like on made for it, like, okay, made first downs. Here's my three tempo plays that I need against these guys that, that I'm going to call. Um, you know who does a really good job of it is Josh, is Heupel of, uh, mm-hmm. at Tennessee about about – knowing, okay, I'm going to run this stretch play into the boundary from under center, and then my next play is going to be an FIB uh, zone read D-screen game in there because I'm going to have all the receivers over in the boundary so they don't have to run across the field. So more putting more thought into, okay, how does the tempo, how does the tempo fit into my game plan and where does it fit into my game plan? And then, and then able to show tempo and not be tempo. So I see a lot of guys showing the tempo and then hard counting and then seeing the look they got and then getting to the plays they want. So there's just so many things that you can do as instead of just being a straight tempo team, which I was for years, you know, I didn't do anything else but just straight tempo of incorporating the different facets and creating different tempos uh, uh, in your game plan. I think as you start to integrate the the tempo as part of your your thought process, even in the in the game planning, you see opportunities to think of it as as creating a counter for your your tempo, right? Because you know you're presenting something going fast, going fast, and then maybe using another procedure to do something else. And I could think 
of, of some specific times where, um, again, what was best about this is a lot of times our, our players would help us come up with these ideas, like, Coach, what if? And it's like, that's a good idea. We're going to do it. But I could think of one game in particular. You know, we were a kind of a, I think in this, uh, it was a pseudo 22. We had a guy who was a bigger receiver and would come in and kind of play that off the ball wing. We had a guy on the, on the, um, at the tight end on the line of scrimmage, and we had a fullback next to the quarterback in the backfield. We were in pistol, so it was, it was really like a 21. But we got into this game, and out we're hitting outside zone. You know, we give them our signal to line up and run it again. I mean, they're, they learned. We taught them how to go super fast. So balls down, we're going again. Balls down, we're going again. We run it like three times in a row. And then we had a signal to get in that exact same look, but now run – counterplay off of it and boom a big game we run counter again and then they call timeout and so the next thing we did was and we were getting closer to the goal line was all right we're gonna run two more times and and then we're going you know naked off of it so they lined up ran it lined up ran it again lined up really quick it looks like man they're gonna run it again and now naked run naked and we're towards the end zone literally the safety and the corner run fit and, and the guys are standing, like, junior high open in the corner of the end zone, right? Like, some, some kid who didn't know what he was doing yeah. all that. I mean, this is a college football game. And so that actually then right. turned into a sequence for us, and we would, we would put together and practice three-play sequences. If I remember right, we were, we were just naming them off of baseball teams, you know, and the idea is we were, by that third play, we were hitting a home run. Same thing. I mean, we had it another right. game. We went outside zone. We went counter off the same look. We lined up and looked like we're going run again in corner and safety run fit guys running a post with nobody on them right so it's that effect of of tempo you're training that defense man they're getting up they're running the ball they're going to do it again you know there's no way they could have a play in that fast and then boom you hit them with with uh really with the tempo tempo is what did it it wasn't necessarily the the play call it wasn't anything different than we normally do but how do we get it open it was was thinking about how we could use that tempo as a weapon and like we talked about earlier and then the ability to, uh, I don't think I, you know, I never did enough of it. And now I see a lot of guys doing it, you know, for, for your shot plays and for your play action of moving the launch points of the quarterback. You know, and like we were talking earlier, yeah. you got a lot of guys that uh, are playing with six foot, six one kind of dual threat, kind of athletic quarterbacks. Well, you got to create some space for this guy to, to uh, you know, be able to see the field. And so just sit back there and gun and make him sit in the pocket all day um, with this pass rush around him is tough, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so, so, so I think a lot of guys are really doing a good job with the cross country stuff and all that with the tight end, you know, and pinning the edge and either it's a boot or a waggle, the hard play action and kind of moving the pocket all the back in the day, Peyton Manning and the Indianapolis Colts. Right. Right. And then pulling up instead of a just, Instead of it just being pure naked, all right, is you start the naked, but it, but you pull up on the naked and you're throwing stuff going back against the grain or double posts, things like that. Yeah, I, I saw a lot of those uh, going all the way across, those deep crosser routes, I, I believe, in your your system. I think you call it excellent. I can't remember specifically, but getting guys all the way back across the coverage and, and getting them wide open, right? They, they might have had a guy on them, actions coming their way, and they're going all the way to the other side, just creating some huge opportunities. I saw that a number of times this weekend. I think the one Ohio State touchdown, yeah. right? 
Yep. They read it through the double post. Yep. Yeah, it was the same type of thing. It was, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was too tight, and they ran like a little boot, but it was a pull up, you know. So we used to call it cowboy. Cowboy. But, um, but on boot, it looks like naked, except it's a pull up naked, and then they just threw the double post to the field because that free safety into the boundary, he had to fit the run. So you're faking at him, and then you're throwing the double post over the top. So a lot of a lot more uh, like two and three man route combinations, right? Instead of instead of always having to get four or five guys out of two or three man route combinations, where you really really protect your quarterback and take your shots down the field. That's always the problem with uh, it's always been an issue with a, a spread tempo offense. How do you throw the ball down the field? Mm-hmm. Because right, any kind of because it's not like you have a lot of time protection, you know, is 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 not always going to hold up. So it's always well, we're going to throw four birds or three birds, and then you have to, you know, win route the outside. So if it's deep, they sit down instead of just taking two shots down the field. And it's hard to do. Um, it's hard to do when you're in a spread set. And uh, so I think a lot of guys are doing a great job with with using the tight end or the move tight end and creating time that you can take those shots thinking of of the spread and those traditional two by two and and three by one uh, traditional splits really spreading out the defense the one thing that it does for your guys up front is really give a clean picture of of what the protection is going to need to, to be so as as you do condense whether you're squeezing those splits in or going into some bunches or getting into multiple tight ends now there's there's more opportunity for who's coming and who's not. Everybody's closer to the box. What do you feel the best way to to uh, you know get your guys ready for those situations where you are sometimes you know spread out wide and it's it's cleaner for them versus now multiple things can happen because I've packed everybody in. Well, that's why I think you see a lot more just straight gap or slide straight slide protection, right? And that's why you, that's why a lot of the guys when you do that when you bring it in the tight. Because if you go two back tight end, you go traditional um, a formation with like split back with a tight end, and you try to call six man protection out of that. I tell you, you're right. There's a lot of variables that can happen. And there's a lot of things. There's a, there's seven guys in the box that you're trying to sort through and and get your protection right. Okay, so you know the first thought was like you said. Well, let's spread them out. Let's let's make sure our, our line can ID the, the the rushers, the four down and the mic, all right. And then we know the backs got the other guy and the quarterback, so that's easy. But as you condense things, it gets tougher on your own line. So I think you see a lot more, a lot more just pure slide or gap protections, all right, where they basically call it, they basically it's a sort protection, mm-hmm. where where it's almost like blocking zone run, except you're blocking zone pass. So I've got the A gap, you got the B gap, you got the C gap. Um, you know, on the uh, uh, tight end, he's closing off the backside, and now your back's just working inside out, protecting the backside away from the slide. So I, that's that's what I, I've seen a lot of guys doing more of. Thinking of guys who are going to do what they do, let's jump over to Mississippi State and Mike Leach. I mean, if you talk to anybody who's running the air raid, they'll tell you that he's really the, the one who's running it as they designed it years ago, calling it off his index size, index card size um, call sheet. Uh, yep. But again, highly effective for them. 
you know, in looking at what what he's done, uh, how is it that he's able to, you know, stay on that same path? You see everybody, as we said, kind of going back to traditional, mixing things in. And now you have Coach Leach who he's running those same plays that he did 20, 30 years ago. Because he's the guru. <laughs> he does what he, he don't give a shit what anybody else thinks. He's, Mike does what Mike wants, Mike does. And he's been doing it for so long. And, and, and he's got a, he's been running basically the same type of offense for so long. It's kind of like the old mouse did the old run and shoot with Jenks, Jenkins and those guys, mm-hmm. you know, um, he, you pretty much know, I mean, okay, you're going to get mesh. You're going to get the sale concept. You're going to get nine to four verts. You're going to get, you know, um, and if you have noticed in the last couple of, uh, couple of years, he has started to use more motion and he has, does that little burst sequence of, you know, where he bursts the receivers, but, uh, he gets so many repetitions, right? So he's got them spread out, and he has he gets so many repetitions at the same play all year round. They're going to run mesh a million times, right? And because of that, his players truly understand um, there's not much they haven't seen, and so they got all the answers to the test. So if you bring pressure, this guy knows oh, I got to look hot. Quarterback knows where he's going with the ball. If it's if it's cover two, if it's man free, if it's pressure, they've ran it so many times against those looks that they know where the answers are. So um, he's, uh, yeah, he's he's like the best at it. You know, he's he's an air raid guy. Um, he's gonna ski. He's gonna run. Have just enough runs to keep you honest. Because now, because you know, because he has to. He's a guy that has to deal with that drop eight all the time. Mm-hmm. And so. So he's got a really good, really good scheme. Drop eight is still three deep. Yes. Right? In his eyes, it's still cover three. Okay. They just got an extra guy underneath, and, more, and you have more time to throw the football. But he's got a, he's been going against it so long, he, he knows the answers that he, that he wants to go to on when. So he can react. He knows what he's doing so well. It's not a, it's not a, this changes every week type game plan. He knows what he does so well that he can react as a play caller to what he sees on Saturday. The drop eight is is something I've seen a lot more teams doing. I saw it a lot a lot last year in at the high school level, right? Um, typically, high school level, you're going to get after the quarterback, but for whatever reason, you know, especially my son was a senior last year and watching those games, a ton of drop eight. Obvious thing is to run the football. Uh, aside from that. You know, what are some of the things you like to attack the drop eight coverage? I hate, I hate drop eight. (laughs) It's a pain in the the butt, right? Yes. The the thing, the hardest thing you have to convince your quarterback is you, it is, this is not going to be maybe as rhythm as you wanted as the ball coming out against drop eight. Because you have to give, you have to give the receivers the ability to find some grass for you. You know, they've got, they've got, three deep and now five under. Okay. There shouldn't be as good a pass rush because I should have two of the pass rush guys get doubled right. at least. All right. So your quarterback has to kind of be, learn some patience in the passing game with this. Um, it's, are you still treat it? I, you still treat it like it's uh, like, it's like it's cover three. All right. So anything that you would throw against cover three is, I still feel is, is, is still good. And then you got to be able to be a Nick. You, you get your quarterback's got to be able to 
like what Mike does such a great job of is that if you notice if you notice how many footballs his backs catch in a, in a season, right? Mm-hmm. They catch 40, 50, 60 passes a season, right? And that's because a lot of the times because of the drop eight. You got he his run game is hey throw the little check down to the back for five four or five yards and that's his run against it. So you gotta you gotta have some patience and your quarterback has to know let's be patient and don't pass up the profit. You know take the check down on the back, take the swing. You know check take the little sit down on the mesh. You know take check, take the snag route. You know find those windows. You know stick out. Just throw those things underneath and be happy with those five- and six-yard completions. Well, Coach, uh, another great week of talking some ball here, and I'm excited uh, for this upcoming week. We're going to add we're, – We're already done. We're already done. We're already done. <laughs> we could go on for days. We'd be here till till next week. But um, <laughs> we, we're going to add you know the NFL schedule here to the mix. We'll have some more games to talk about and uh, – share some ideas here, but I appreciate the time and I look forward to it next week. As, as we said before, the, the, the work is sit around and watch football. Yeah. Which will be fun now because I really have seen in the last couple, in the last couple of years, Keith, of it, the tri- football, offensive football used to, when I first got in this thing, everything trickled down from the NFL, right? Right. We would all go visit the NFL uh, camps. Every, we would call it the same way. We'd put in triple digit or we'd put in West Coast and everything trickled down to us. Right? And I really have seen in the last three or four years of offensive football, which is really, I take my hat off to these, to the college offensive coordinators, all right, is I really have seen uh, a lot of football start to trickle up to the NFL. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I, I see a, a true more sharing of ideas, of schemes, of thoughts between, you know, the NFL and college football. And then, and, and the funny thing is I watch, you got to watch this show called the 12, have you watched that show on Netflix, the 12 mighty orphans? No, on Prime? I haven't. So it's one of the, first of all, you should read the book. It's one of the best, one of the, one of the best sports books I ever read. Right. It's about an orphanage in Fort Worth. Okay. And this uh, rusty, rusty Russell is the head coach and he takes it over and they only have 12 players on his football team. They got 12, right? And they, they end up going to the state championship of all the schools in, in Texas. It's back in the 20s. But he starts talking about, right, um, this is 1927 or something like that. And the way that he equaled the playing field against everybody he was playing was he got it spread and ran tempo offense. Which was it was a it was amazing. I was reading. I go like, hell, they were running Temple back in 1927. So none of us invented this shit. That's right. right. <laughs> it was it was all done. It's been done before. Um, but it's a great it's a great great book to read. And uh, and then they just came out with a movie on it. But um, it's 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 been. Well, my point being is that is that and because of video, because of the YouTube, because of you know access is that there's and that's why I think it's accelerated offenses the last few years is because of all this is that you have access to so much knowledge out there and there's so many good ideas that you never had access before that I think that uh, it's been a fun time right now to, to coach offensive football. 
definitely is fun. It's fun to watch. You see a lot of different things. You know, there was the time when everybody lined up and pro set eye and ran the ran the ball. You could have played could have played the game in my living room because you know nobody really going outside. Most of the game played right down the middle. But uh, it's certainly exciting to see you know the the spread era now kind of coming back, incorporating both of those things. And nothing comes back as it as it was before. It always transforms. So now you know the the you think of it the go to just the eye sets right that that guy who was the tight end back in the day was just a little bit more athletic tackle that they tricked into playing tight end by giving him an 80 number they really weren't going to throw him the ball much and then that guy in the the backfield was the undersized guard same thing you know tricked him into to to playing the position thinking he's going to get the football and he's just an extra guard in the backfield. But now you see these dynamic guys, you know, NFL level, college level, even the high school level, those positions have changed and made the game so much more dynamic. So as we do get back into some of this traditional stuff, it's definitely taking on a a different flavor to how people are doing it compared to what it was before we went into the spread era. No doubt. How about that that young tight end at Notre Dame, Myers, whatever he is. I mean, that guy's special and he's what it, 6'4", 250, 45-pound kid. Yeah. And, man, they use him. He's out. They use him all over the place. And he's a matchup issue. But you're right. Is it uh, using the big guys, using the having those guys, those, those bigger athletic kids that can, like you said, you took the big, the big receiver and put him down in the box to block or whatever, yeah. is where they can do – they can they, – they're invaluable, where they can be out and be a matchup problem on a corner – or, or safety, but then they can also get in the box and pin a, a pin a seven technique for you. Yeah, it's great stuff, and and we'll be talking about more of that as the season goes on. So we'll be back at it again next weekend, as I said, with some NFL uh, things added to the mix here, and talking about what we can learn from them. All right, Keith, well, I appreciate it, buddy. All right, talk to you later, no. All right, Keith, thanks.